A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. Happy Saturday. I think it's funny. We started the day in our studio, and I said, it's a little stuffy in here. It's a little stinky. Mm-hmm. There's a little something going on. I'm well, not sure what. Yeah, it gets a little stuffy. A little stuffy. And I said, how do we air it out? What do we need to do? And you said... We should get a dehumidifier for but in here. the way I heard it is, we should light a fire <laughs> in here. Light a fire in here, get a dehumidifier in here. I'm glad I asked for clarification before I jumped into action, because we would have had dramatically different results. Uh, yeah. But both would have at least taken care of one stink, maybe replaced it with an entire other array of problems. Yes, burning down the studio poses a number of other risks. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's so anyway, a, that's a domino effect. I don't yeah. want to go. <laughs> it's good to ask questions if you don't quite understand something, or if something seems wacky. But actually, there's another trick that we could use that we actually talk about in this opening because this opening is going to be strange <laughs> because yes, it's going to cover a whole bunch of different things, and yes, baking soda is amazing. Yeah, but let's get to that because um, this week, and a lot of parents are going to probably be dealing with this. I would think coming up soon, maybe not a I lot. I would think. Do you think it's probably not a lot? Maybe not a lot, but lucky... I think I definitely had a lunchbox like this when I was a kid. Yeah. So I think we talk about it. Haley's spilling the beans just a little bit. But the other day, literally the other day, last week, my daughter Hannah, you know, we're finishing our meal. She got up from the table and left at one point mm-hmm. and goes to another room and then comes slowly back in with a pale look on her face. And we all thought, what is going on? And she said, well, I just looked in my school bag. I just thought of something. I said, oh, like a paper I needed to sign? She said, no, I left my lunch in there from the end of school. I said, like from June when school ended, you left your lunch in there? Yeah. I said, is it bad? And she said, well, yeah, it's really bad. I said, what was it? And I was hoping for like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, something like that. Yeah, not the end of the world. Right. No. You know what it was? A walking taco. The key ingredient was beef, you know, ground beef, hamburger. So Hannah has left this in her bag since June. And so anyway, we're all still kind of laughing because I'm assuming it's in a sealed container. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The container has opened in there. Her whole bag oh smells gosh. like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it's like animals dead. It was a horrible, rotting smell. It's permeating the entire home. So Hannah grabs this container, and I said, get it out of the house. And she gets it out of the house, and I'm assessing the bag at this point, the little yeah. lunch bag. And it's an, of course, it's it's not an expensive one, but it's it's not just a normal lunch bag. I can't just throw it away in good conscience, but it stinks. It was so horrible. It was like an entity had entered the room. <laughs> it was terrible. We're all hollering and running around and freaking out because it was so gross. And you know, everybody's saying, "I got to throw it away. I got to throw it away." So anyway, I throw a bunch of baking soda in there and put it in the garage and hope for the best. All right. So that's. On the back burner, we're going to get back to the results on that. Is Dan going to be able to save the lunch bag? <laughs> and in turn, it turned out the backpack also stunk because that know. contained the lunch bag. If I were Hannah, I would have just thrown everything away and said, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought, but nope, she didn't. So I've got the lunch bag and the backpack in the garage covered in baking soda. Will it survive? 
We'll get back to that in a second. Now, the next thing that happens is as I'm standing at the sink now, I'm kind of going into dad mode and letting Hannah have it just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because it was kind of funny. It was so horrible. It was kind of funny. But I'm letting her have it that, you know, we can't do this. Yeah. We've got to be more diligent, yeah. more on top of things. And as I'm washing dishes and the kids are drying, I said, wait a minute, where did you put the jar of death? You know, the thing that yeah. contained yeah. The, the walking taco. And she said, I threw it in the garbage outside. And I said, did you put the lid back on it? I don't know. So I go outside, and I'm not lying. Literally, as I walk towards the little garbage bin, Uh it's propped open because something big is in there. So it's propped open about three or four inches. The flies are swarming to this area already. It is that horrible. It's like there's a news flash in the fly world that Uh something really awesome is in this bin over here at the Hanson house, and they're all coming. So anyway, I get out there and I fling the bin open and there it is, sitting in the bottom, open, the stench just rolling out full force. Yeah, I can't even. Right. So anyway, I'm looking at it. The bin has just been emptied. So it's near the bottom. My little stubby arms can't reach it. <laughs> what do I do? Do I, you know, a million things go through my mind. Do I grab a child by the ankles? Hannah is the first one that came to mind. And, you know, oh fish gosh. her into the barrel and she can withdraw the, the horrible offending container. And I thought, no, I just need a few more inches if my if my arms were just a couple inches longer. And I remembered, I had gotten you one of those little extension grabbers, you know, like the claw arm thing. I always talk about wanting a reaching wand. Yeah, Any, right? anytime we go to a hardware store or anywhere, I find them, and they have them. You are attached to it the rest of the time you never buy it no so i finally got you one at the dollar, at the dollar store. store a little plastic cheapo nothing yeah, it was right like a kid toy <laughs> but i loved it yeah anyway that registers in my brain the picture of that my little grabber so i run into the house actually that's a lie i sent a child into the house i wasn't <laughs> going to use any extra energy because i knew there was a big job ahead yeah. of me andrew comes out with the little grabber and I start to reach into the barrel. And I had the foresight to give my phone to Hannah and say, make a video. And we've got the video. We've and got it's a the video. good video. Because you can see me trying to get it out, trying to grab it with this little cheap dollar store grabber. And my favorite part is when I, I realize I can't get it easily. But I got to stop the stink somehow. So I grab the little Tupperware lid mm-hmm. and configure it. You're trying to it. put it back on. <laughs> put the lid back on. I managed to fish the stink out. Yeah. We Ziploc bagged it, uh-huh. double bagged it, triple bagged it, and threw it back in the garbage. Stench was dealt with. All of that because of my little dollar store grabber. Yeah, it was quite the mission. Then, now to get back to the second half of the story, I went to the garage to check the backpack mm-hmm. and the bag. This was like days later. You know, I left them in the garage knowing this was going to take several days. And I wasn't sure these were salvageable. But I went back about three days later. The stench was noticeably reduced okay. in, in both of the, the bags. And I came back about three days after that. And I think it's almost completely gone. Wow. The baking soda has completely absorbed it. And it's kind of interesting because most stinks are acidic in nature and baking soda is a natural pH neutralizer. So it will absorb the stinks. Yeah. The kid's first plan was to spray it with something, something that would make it smell better, but mm-hmm. that's just going to mask the stink. Yeah, I think so. I knew we had to get at the source of the stink, the stink at its roots. And this stink <laughs> had roots, Haley. It really did. It was a whole tree of stink. And we got all the way down to the roots. The baking soda did it. So if you're a parent, and you're getting ready for school coming up in the next week or two, and you find a walking taco that's oh my gosh, literally so gross. Yeah, this was like yeah, it really reminded me of the whole Walking Dead. 
you know, that show, The Walking Dead. Yeah. This taco looked like that. It, it was, was that zombie bad. zombie taco. A zombie taco. If you've got that, baking soda's the key. Reaching wands. Think how awesome those are. Yeah, and in honestly, talking, I think it makes a case for them. It does. Well, and in talking about the reaching wands, you went to something well, like kind the, of similar. The, the magnets that are on the little like telescoping pole. Because I've lost things like down in between my car seats. Yeah. And I've been able to fish stuff out that way with just one of those little magnet extension things. And they're like a dollar. I mean, it's just a nice... Yeah, insurance policy. Super <laughs> cool little things. Who knew? Who would know when you're going to need them? And yet, exactly. when the situation happens, I was so glad I had this. Right. You also mentioned like a floor magnet that you used yeah. in your studios. Well, because then we got into the whole magnet conversation. And yeah, in the sculpture studio, when I was in art school, we had these magnet rollers because we were always taking things apart, and little metal scraps would be on the floor, you know, loose screws and stuff. And it's hard to just pick all that stuff up. So we would have these magnet rollers that would just grab it all for us, and it was fun, honestly. All of that is really interesting. It got me looking online and I found magnets yeah. for magnet fishing and I had no idea what that was. I, I could figure it out by so looking at it. Crazy. But yeah, it's magnets that you throw into A waterways yeah. and people will pull them out and they'll pull all kinds of stuff out. It's a whole hobby I didn't even know about. Yeah, it's serious. It's serious. And people are finding all kinds of stuff. I was watching some of the videos. It's not for me because it's so it's gross. It's a lot of mess. Yeah. It's so depressing to find what they're fishing out of the waterways. Right. My goodness. Yeah, you saw like a Christmas tree. I saw oh, yeah, bikes. an aluminum Christmas tree. Well, a fake Christmas tree. Bikes, motorcycles, a safe. They found a safe. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, all kinds cool. of stuff. Just garbage, just garbage, gross. garbage. But they were having the time of their lives. And I'm glad that someone does it because at least then there's less stuff yeah. in our rivers. I appreciate that part of it. I don't know if I'd have the guts. No, I don't think I would either. I wish somebody would get into the hobby of taking care of Hannah's food that was left in the bag over the summer. I wish that was a hobby people enjoyed, and they could just come and clean that for me. It's like the Ghostbusters of lunchboxes. Yeah, the Ghostbusters of stink. (laughs) Anyway, I don't really know what the point to all of that was. It was just kind of a fun... Well, it wasn't a fun experience, but the video was great. Haley enjoyed that and said we should make a segment out of it. We're going to post the video. Yeah, I've got the video in the show notes. You can check it out. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about a fireplace. What, makeover? Makeover. I would call it a makeover. Yeah, my fireplace from the 80s now looks like it belongs fully in the 90s, right? (laughs) No, we modernized it. It looks looks really good. Something that you can do in your own home, and we'll walk you through the whole project. That's all coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we rambled and rambled about reaching wands and stinky lunches and all that kind of stuff. Magnet fishing. Magnet fishing. <laughs> no real point, but it was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it anyway. It was such a great experience, I needed to relive it. And share it with other people early on a Saturday morning. Yeah, let's really gross them out during breakfast. I know. I just I thought of that during the break, but it's the only time slot I've got, so got to make the most of it. But now let's let's transition into a topic, you know, basically a project that we tackled again at my home. Of course, my home is really coming along nicely. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty happy with this. But I had a fireplace, have a fireplace in this back living room, a family room, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's 
always been kind of a cool room. It's very homey, very yeah, welcoming. It's like a den. A den. But it literally feels like a mm-hmm. den. It's super dark. The walls are what? Kind of a medium beige yeah, kind of a color. Yeah, medium beige. But the fireplace was that 80s brick. Mm-hmm. So real brown, leaning towards the red. Really, it overpowered the room yeah. to some extent. You know? I think so. Okay. We got used to it. We liked it, but... It was really heavy in the space, and I've wanted for a while to paint it because I've talked to a lot of customers about projects that they've tackled, where they've painted their brick fireplaces, or I've dealt with questions about painting a brick fireplace. Sure. And the concept is very, very simple. It's very easy to walk people through the project. Definitely. When you haven't done There's it. There's not, not a, a lot, whole lot to of it. prep, yeah. But as we tackled it, we learned it's really good to have done it because there's some pitfalls, would you call it, that we ran into? Things there's that we didn't expect. There's considerations that are in terms of the tools that you use that we didn't really, I don't know, I guess unless you've done it, you wouldn't think that you'd have to go, I don't know, so specific with the roller cover or the brush that you use. Right. But it calls for very specific things. Well, And we learned all of that. So we have taken the hit. My home has taken the benefit, I've taken the benefit, and we've taken the hit of the work to get the information to you guys out there. So if you want to tackle a project like this, and it would work for what? Brick fireplaces? It would like work field for fieldstone. Field if it's a glazed tile or a surface like that, different prep is going to be involved. Yes. Talk to us in the stores about that. But standard brick, Makes field such stone. a big impact, and I... Honestly, I love white brick in any situation, so Mm -hmm. I was really excited to paint your brick white. (laughs) Until we started, and then the fun did edge a little bit. Okay, this is going to take longer than we thought, Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But let's start with the very first consideration. If you're going to tackle a project like this, and it is doable, and even with all our little bumps along the way and the extra work, it still took four hours total. Yes. That's it. That's that's, two coats and... Dry time in between, trip to the store to get more product, all of that. So it's still a relatively short project, but you do want to know a couple of things. And the very first decision that we had to make, and we did this ahead of time. Was the color. Yeah, the color and the paint. And it was kind of interesting because I know I want to paint those walls in that back room. It's a west-facing room, Mm -hmm. so I don't get a lot of light. You know, Normally when the light's coming in, we put the blinds down because it's... Straight into the room. Yeah. So the room always feels dark. Dark in the mornings, dark in the evenings. So I know I want to paint it with something else, but I'm not sure which direction I want to go on the walls. Yeah, you're really unsure about how we were going to pick this white so how do I, not yeah. knowing what the color of the wall was going to be. And I said, well, let's just do white duff. And you're like, well, Yeah, okay, why white duff? Because <laughs> it was my go-to. And honestly, it's because I've, one, never seen it not work in a space because it's a really balanced white, and that's what I like about it so much. It's the most neutral of a neutral white. It has equal parts warm and gray tones in it. So whatever you put it next to, it's not going to lean yellow, and it's not going to lean gray. Right. It can work with any wall color. And it covers really well, because it's a straight white out of a can. It's not going to cover and hide as well exactly. as something with a little bit of tint in it. And the white dove on the brick looks white. I wouldn't guess that it's an off-white, really. Right. But it's still covered, and it looked great, and it's going to look great with whatever I choose for the walls. I've got a little more freedom now. I'm not locked in one direction or the other. Exactly. And the white straight out of the can, too, not only does it not cover as well, but it actually 
is just going to lean gray. If you had a really warm kind of like cream on the wall, that white would look a little bit bluish next to it. Right, And so I didn't want that. I wanted to be able to leave my walls for a little bit because yeah. I'm not going to jump into that right away. Exactly. And I don't want to be annoyed as I sit in that room and look at this, right. you know, jolting color variance. <laughs> didn't want to deal with that. So White Dove, that was a great option. Definitely talk through the color choices when you're getting ready to start a project like Absolutely. this. We've got consultants in the stores. Everybody in the store works with color on a regular basis. We can help make some recommendations. The next thing, very briefly, was I needed the right paint. And it's surprising to a lot of people to find out that you don't need a special paint per se. Yeah, just wall paint. Yeah, a wall paint will work just fine. I went with Scuff X because I wanted that extra durability that I could get out of it. I, we do use the fireplace. And it's a wood-burning fireplace, right. so there's going to be wood and things like that. It could get scuffed, and with Scuff X, you're not going to see the scuff. Right, and I chose an eggshell because I didn't want it super shiny. But I did want a little more resistance than a mat would have probably given me. Yeah. So anyway, those are the options when it came to that first consideration. The next thing, really, it was time to get the project prepped. And the thing I love about this project is the prep work in most situations is going to be very straightforward. There's not a lot of washing the walls down or washing the brick down. Mm-hmm. I vacuumed it. I shop vac with a bristled attachment. Sure. Took care of most of it. And I was good to go. Yeah. As long as you don't have a bunch of soot built up on the brick... It's pretty straightforward. I mean, if that's a situation, you just really have to assess what your fireplace looks like. If you do have some more cleanup to do, just stop into the store and talk it through with us because there might be priming that you need to do first. Right. That's all something to consider. Mine didn't need it. Worked just fine. So I got it cleaned off with the vacuum. And then I went around and did the the basic prep work. I taped. One of the things that I I would have done is along the walls where where the brick met the wall. I wish I had put paper behind it. We have masking paper. You can get it in a roll. Very inexpensive. And I could have tucked that right behind that tape. That would have been better when rolling. Yes. That way we avoid some of the splatter that can end up on that corner wall right there. Mm Mm-hmm. It would have been a little bit easier. That would have been easier. And the other, the biggest struggle that I had with the taping, or the biggest thing I was concerned about, was where the brick meets the carpet. Yes. And we talked about this, oh, a couple of months ago about trim, you know, painting trim. How do you mask trim off when you've got carpet in the room? And the trick is to slide a piece of tape underneath that trim. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it won't slide because the trim is down tighter to the uh, tack strip that's holding the carpet. Then you put like maybe a couple of feet worth of tape down and you leave like a quarter inch of the tape up on that trim and then you tuck it down with a putty knife. Yeah, you just like shove it under. Yep, and I did that with the brick and it it was a little bit tricky in a couple of spots, you know, just tough to get it in there because it was tight. But it worked like a charm. I didn't have any paint on the carpet. No, no, it worked so perfectly. Super easy for that. That was the taping. Really, that was about it for the, the, the prep. prep work, except for throwing down drop cloths. Yes. Really, really good argument for having drop cloths and good ones. Buy right. canvas drop cloths. You'll use them over and over again. It was great for this project. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about actually applying the paint and some of the things we learned along the way that you're going to want to know if you're tackling this project. All of that's just ahead. So stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we're back and we're in the middle verbally of the project that we tackled this past week yeah. painting my fireplace brick. 
And, and it, it turned made, out so well. And I can't wait to post pictures of this because I really think that it's such a good project. Right. My mom came over to assess. And I don't when I told her what I was doing in a text, I think she thought we were crazy. And then she came over to see it. And it was one of those moments where she just kept she was holding my arm and gripping yeah. it tighter yeah. and tighter. saying <laughs> This looks so good. And she's thinking of all the different places people could do this in their homes. It really turned out great. Changed the whole feel of that room. Oh, absolutely. And so far, all I've done is the fireplace. I've got walls to do. I'm really excited to brighten that space up, modernize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Make it feel better. But anyway, we walked through in the last segment all the prep work and the choosing of the color. And we definitely, if you missed that, go back to the show notes, repcolite.com, and you can listen to that. Now let's talk about actually applying the paint, because this is where we started to run into obstacles. Yes. When we picked out the roller cover initially, we were deciding between a three-quarter inch nap and I think it was one and a quarter inch. Yep. Somebody chose the the shorter (laughs) nap. Let's not name his name. I initially grabbed the one and a quarter. But then I felt crazy because you're like, I think that's overkill. Yep. So we went with that one. And then as soon as you started rolling that out, I knew yep. we were going to have to go get a different roller cover. Yep. We chose the wrong roller cover and it definitely slowed the project down. And it was kind of fun because we were excited to roll the paint on. You were going to brush it into all the little cracks and mm-hmm. the, the grooves, the mortar joints. Exactly. And I was going to roll it on. We had a whole different picture in our head. We yeah. started rolling and both of us were thinking, oh, my gosh, There's this is going so to take much brush forever. <laughs> yes, it's so much work. Thankfully, we knew there was another roller cover that we could get. Yes. And eventually, in about an hour or so after that, you ran out because we needed more paint anyway. That's another That's thing. That's another it thing. took a lot more paint than we thought it was going to take. Yeah. The brick just absorbed it. So plan on a little extra when it comes to paint and be aware that the thicker napped cover is the way to go. Absolutely. Definitely something to think about. Now, the problem with those thick, thick covers is they, they do spatter. Yeah, because it's a lot of paint that it's holding, a lot. And you want that because it's getting all the paint into those grooves and the cracks. But if you roll quickly... You're going to get a lot of paint splatter now. Yes, a lot of splatter. We, we learned very fast not to roll like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, no. We're going to get done really fast. <laughs> no, we just painted everything around us. So you got to go a little bit slow. The other thing that we ran into that was interesting uh, is the fact that all brushes are not created equal. Right. And, and we knew this. Yeah. But, but there's so much more to it because, yeah, you can get a good brush versus a bad brush. Right. But there's also, even amongst the good brushes, there's different um, bristle stiffnesses. I don't even know if stiffnesses is a word. Stiffnesses. <laughs> but some of them are a little softer. Some of them are stiffer. Mm-hmm. We had really nice brushes, but they were on the softer side. And it really slowed the process down. And when you got the new roller cover, you I brought got back a new brush too. Actually, yes, a yeah. couple of cheap brushes. The Worcester soft tips, cheaper brushes, yeah. but stiffer bristled. And then you brought back a Worcester the Ultra, Ultra Firm. Pro Ultra Firm, yeah. Oh yes. And that one was the best of all. But oh, even by those far. even those cheaper ones. Well, were those fine. ones were a little bit smaller too, the cheaper ones. And I think maybe that's why they were easier in some points because we had to get the brush. You had pretty deep grooves in between those bricks. Mm-hmm. So to get a brush in between, those ones were a little bit thinner. And I think that's why they worked a little bit better. But definitely you want a stiff or ultra stiff bristled brush for this job. Right. So much faster. We were amazed at the difference that took. And yeah, from the time we started rolling paint on, I thought we're going to be here till sometime 
the next day. Yeah, as soon as we got the right tools, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we've we got had this. Two coats on in basically four total hours, as we said. Got all of the things cleaned up. A couple of things to think about as you're removing tape. I, yeah. The only time I got paint on the carpet was when I was removing the tape from, you know, the base right along the carpet, mm-hmm. and the paint that was on the tape. I just let the tape flip over and dragged a little bit through the carpet. Yeah, got it off a right buddy away. System with yes. tape. <laughs> well, I needed more buddies, and yeah. I needed to slow down a little bit. You know, I was just so excited to see it without tape around it that I moved too quickly. So. Be careful when you're removing tape. And that's with any project. Well, and wait to make sure that the paint is dry between coats, too, because that's the other thing that you wanted to rush. I wanted it to rush that. It wasn't fully dry, and you're like, well, let's just get it on there. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm like, Dan, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know, but I keep thinking that maybe this one time it won't, because I just want it done fast. No. But yes, we waited. Got end results lunch. were great. It was fine. The whole thing looks amazing, right? Yeah. It's a doable project, very easy project. And it's one of those projects, it's like a gateway because now you really want to paint your walls. Yes, so that be aware of that. I do want everybody to understand that. Full disclosure, you do this, <laughs> the rest of the room is going to look pretty bad until you get that updated too. Yeah. And that's a good thing for me because it's going to compel me. Yeah, it's a motivator. Yeah, to get this done quicker than I would have done. You know, if it was passable... I would let it go, and I would probably never get to a space that was as good as this one's going to be when it's all done. Totally. The kids are excited. I'm excited. Everybody's excited. Mom is over the moon excited. I think she's moving in. (laughs) Anyway, it's something to tackle. If you are thinking about a project like that, definitely give us a call. Stop out at any of the RepcoLite stores. Chat with us online at RepcoLite.com. Whatever it takes. share pictures on Instagram, because we want to see your before and afters, too. Right. And check out our before and afters in the show notes. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we're back, we'll be in the studio with Judy Sisler from Gotcha Covered talking about mistakes people make when purchasing window treatments. That's all coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back, and we're in the studio with Judy Sisler from Gotcha Covered Custom Window Treatments. Judy, thanks for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we talked to you a little while ago about just window treatments in general. It's not something that we've talked about on the show a lot in the past, if really at all. Well, we needed an expert. Yeah, so, so we found one. And we talked to you just about the basics, you know, the nomenclature and what we're looking for and how to get started in the process of finding what's right for our homes. And in the process of our meeting with you and kind of planning out these segments, we ran into, I, they're funny stories because they happen to other people. Yes. <laughs> I mean that in the very best way possible. It's always fun to learn from others' mistakes. I teach, hopefully, a lot of things to my kids by the mistakes. I mean, hopefully we're getting something out of it. I hope so. Rather than just trips to the ER. (laughs) But anyway, we were talking to you about these different mistakes that people make when they're making a purchase. And a purchase of window treatments is not just an inexpensive purchase. I mean, you're you're getting... Well, it's custom. Well, you're custom. And you're getting something that you're investing in for your home. And it's really sad when you make a mistake or you don't think something through. And so that's, I guess, what we want to talk about here is some of these stories... And I think let's just jump right into the very first one because it was it's it really paints a picture. You were talking about a bathroom (laughs) 
shade? Was it a shade? What what exactly was it? What was that scenario? It was a pleated shade, and I receive a phone call from this gentleman going, I can see my wife. I'm out mowing the grass. She's in the bathroom, and I can see her. <laughs> so he's literally mowing the yard at the moment. He just paused Whips out his phone. Let's just let me picture it that way. Sure. Just let me the, picture the emergency <laughs> dawns on him. The blinds are pulled or the shades are down, right? The, shade, the pleated shade is down. Oh, she's yes. just bathing away, and there she is, full view, oh the entire gosh. neighborhood. So mortifying. They probably had those up for a couple of months, and he's dawning on the problem. What was it, the mistake they made? It was actually up for longer than oh, that. Oh, my gosh. I think that's what bothered him the most was yeah. how long they had had it in the window and he realized because it may have been brighter in the room than it was outside mm-hmm. and that she was more exposed than he liked yeah. mm-hmm. so when you buy a pleated shade or any shade that has an open weave like a natural woven wood if it has an open weave and it's a darker color and again, if it's brighter in the room, you might be able to see in more than you like. The solution to that is to put a liner on the shade. And all these products are available with liners. What 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 does that look like practically? It, practically, it's you can get a liner for a woven wood. It could be white. It could be black. It could be gray. There's different colors of liners to kind of match your house color on the outside. It's a second material or another piece? It's a piece of fabric for a Roman shade or a woven wood that's actually attached to the front of the shade. So it's not like it's separate. Both go down at the same time? Both go down at the same time. And it just prevents... It gives more privacy. There's blackout liners and there's light filtering liners. So it's just going to help, again, mask what you're seeing through the face of the fabric of the shade in the room. Can that be installed after the fact? So could he go back and just get a liner? From what you're describing, it doesn't sound like that. No, because it's all attached to the headrail. So it comes down at the same time as the face shade. So. so if you've got a room that privacy is the issue, and that goes back to our first time that we talked, we talked about establishing what are your main priorities when you're making this purchase. Correct. If privacy is the issue, that's got to be a big part of the conversation. It does. Bathrooms, bedrooms, mm-hmm. rooms that face the street yeah. where you don't. <laughs> I had a customer tell me, yeah, my neighbor's said, oh, yeah, I saw you feeding your son the other day dinner. And she's asking, how'd you see that? Well, I looked in your windows. Who would tell people that? Yeah, so creepy. <laughs> right, so. I never tell anybody any of those things. <laughs> right, we might do it, I've but we're not going to say it out loud. Right. <laughs> so when we were talking, we made certain that the shade she selected, she couldn't see her neighbor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a big one. And and especially since it can't be added to later. I mean, it's yeah. you make that wrong purchase and you're going to have to redo it. You will to, need to, to get, redo it. Yeah. If you can see out. I mean, is that a, a, the idea is a, well, a good example. A lot of people have lakefront homes and mm-hmm. they have the glare and they they really want a solar shade so they can see out. Well, let's say you're on a river and a lot of people, I guess, fish at night. Hmm. Well, if you put a solar shade in your living room and it's dark outside and it's bright inside, the fishermen or whoever's outside can see in. 
It's the reverse of daytime. Okay. So solar right. shades don't offer privacy. They'll be able to see you moving about. There are different opacities of solar shades, but even the most opaque ones will still have shadowing. So again, it's that how private do you want uh, to be right. versus the trade-off, how much do you want to see out your windows when the shades are down? Yeah, I'm going to start dressing up at nights a little more. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's always in a suit. He's he is a classy a guy. That's just because I gotta, can't afford new shades right now. Uh, All right, so that's a big one. We're in the studio with Judy Sisler from Gotcha Covered. And where are you guys located? We're at 4444 Breton Road, southeast in Kentwood. Work right across from Horrocks, so nice destination. We are our own building. We just painted our building a nice soft white. What did it used to be? A bank? It used to be a Huntington Bank branch. Yeah. Yeah, so when, don't come to the drive through please. <laughs> don't when, come to the drive When Haley and I drove out there to find it, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we missed it because... We, it was a bank. We didn't yeah. clue into that. So, yeah, yeah that's the building. Yeah, we do nice have a big job. sign now on the building that says, Got You Covered, 4444 Breton Road. Easy to find. Yes. So we're talking about mistakes that people make. And, Haley, you've got, you mentioned it on the last segment, but we didn't get into it a lot. You said, well, I don't think you named names, but you I said your husband yes. could be, well, that's what you implied. I know the story. Could potentially be rough on certain types of blinds and that could be another mistake yeah i uh i always picture myself having pull down shades because i think that they're pretty and it's just a little more streamlined than having a cord attached but when we were in the showroom that was one of the first things that you mentioned about those pull downs is that um (laughs) you can't do that quickly or else they're going to come off the track and i could immediately see that happening in my situation (laughs) (laughs) So I know that I need a cord, but I wouldn't have thought of that before. We have seen a lot of various situations because we do the repairs. We have the warranty program with a cordless shade. If you lift it up too fast and people ask how fast is too fast. Well, if you just slow and steady goes the course. Um, But if you lift it up too fast, the cords can't spool around the axle fast enough so the cords inside will get tangled and then your shade won't come down so if you know your teenagers are impatient or you have Mm -hmm. an impatient family member or you have a rental property and you don't know who's renting right cordless shades may not be the best solution and we just talk about that we're going to give you the options the positives the negatives it's up to you to decide, mm-hmm. but we try to make recommendations. What about, uh, there was another story. There's two things that I want to get to yet in the little bit that we've got. But one of them was basically not understanding or considering what light does to the color. And I think this was your own yeah, personal this, experience. This is my own personal experience. I have a home down in Texas, um, a winter home, and I had picked out solar shades in Michigan for that Austin home. Mm-hmm. And when we went to install them, they looked totally different because the sun is stronger down there and they went quite yellow. So I had to do a reselect of my own shades. And I'm an expert, yeah. but yet I wasn't in the room with the sun 
picking the correct fabric color. So that's really key in this process. Because you showed us, remember, Haley, in the showroom, you pulled just one that you'd give a demonstration of. And it was a, mm-hmm. there was a white, there was a gray. A I forget what the other color was. Yep. And the gray in the window looked really, really beige. Yes. Yes. So that's why it's best to really... If you're ordering shades to get a sample ahead of time, so it's in your room with the trim color, the paint color, the lighting, even a bug screen will affect how a shade looks or the tint on the windows. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, You will get all that ambient coloring onto the shades, and many whites go yellow and Mm -hmm. many grays go brown, so... Well, and it's the same thing that we talk about for paint all the time. You know, you have to sample and see it on your wall in your lighting because color is light. That's all it is. So we've got to see it in that specific situation. And I think that's a perfect example, too. You know, a gray in one situation and then seeing it in a different light, it turns totally beige. Well, we saw that in that room. We were looking at different venues for an event coming up in the fall that we're Mm -hmm. hoping to host. And we just noticed, because it was right after we left your showroom, yeah. we saw some blinds and we thought, I wonder what color they really are. And after some work, they're they're actually a gray, yeah. but they come through looking very, very beige. And it was a shade probably, too, yep. not a blind. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, yeah. was, it yep. was a shade. See, I knew it was going to be that. <laughs> I told Haley before you got here, I've got to work on the nomenclature because I'm going to call them all blinds. <laughs> yep, there we go. There we That's go. how I roll. All right, last little thing that we wanted to talk about is just pets. How do pets play into this decision process and what mistakes can happen? We do ask homeowners if they have pets. If you have a dog that barks incessantly at anything going by because they're looking out the window, we suggest a top-down, bottom-up product like a cell shade or a pleated shade or natural woven wood. You mask off the bottom part of the window with a shade. The pet can no longer see out. They don't see the person walking Mm -hmm. by, so they're not barking constantly. But you can put the top down to get sunlight. You have a cat who loves laying on the back of the couch, and you need a blind there for privacy. Well, maybe consider one that's called no-hole or routeless. They can stick their head between the slats, and the slat will go up and down. And they don't have to chew their way through to see outside. They just poke their nose through and the slat will give up, will give away. That's what I need. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I need. He would do that? He would chew his way through if he had to? He wouldn't chew his way through. He would force his way through. I think he would. Maybe we should teach him to chew. We should work on that (laughs) and see what happens. But he would love it if he could not. Well, I would love it if he could not ruin the blinds to see outside. (laughs) So that's another option. And then if you have a big animal, a big dog, sometimes a delicate sheer shade may not be the best because they can like tear it. Yeah. But again, we talk about the good options and the, you know, pros and cons of each one. I'm assuming you just walk them through, walk us through that as we're in the showroom. Yeah. Help us make the best decision. We don't want to have all the expense invested in this great, wonderful thing for our bathroom and then be mowing the lawn and be able to see right into the bathroom. Yeah, no, that's, that's not really cool. awful. Yeah. <laughs> Judy from Got You Covered, if our listeners have more questions, want to get in touch with you, maybe tool around the showroom, how's the best way they get in touch? You certainly can give us a call at 616-914-2580 or you can stop by anytime between 10 and 10 a.m., 5 p.m., Monday to Friday. We're open to visitors. There's no appointment necessary. We'll have someone meet you and 
take you on a little tour. All right. Sounds so good. Judy Sisler from Gotcha Covered. Thanks for hanging out Thank with us. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Haley. Thank you. Well, Haley, that's it. That's all the time we've got. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And while you're there, subscribe to the podcast and you'll never miss another episode. Or you can go back and listen to ones that maybe you missed before and a, spend a whole day binging whole, home improvement shows. A whole day. A whole day. A whole weekend. Yeah. A whole week. A whole week. There's 225 Weeks. of them. You yeah. can listen to them over and over again. They never get old. <laughs> anyway, whatever you do today, make sure your paint's a part of it. The Repcolite in Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Healy Johnson. Thanks for listening.